Right, and welcome back to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. And since it's Thursday, we've got Andrew Dembina. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Noreen. Wow. Didn't realise there was a crowd in there with you. Ex- it nice sounds, to hear that, 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 it sounds like there's more and, it sounds like there's more than one person, but it's just me clapping. It's just me clapping. Wow. Yeah, I'll do it again for you. Go on. Hey, uh, okay, did you did you tone it down that time? That sounded more like a kind of village cri- uh, green in the UK when there's a cricket match going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always right. a pleasure to have you okay. for Artsing Around. So what have you got for us yeah. this week? So, thank you. Yes, thank you. Pleasure to be talking. And um, it's um, I wanted to mention, and we've done it more recently with art galleries before, but I wanted to mention that really things are becoming more and more um, optimistic within the arts locally and there's been a few announcements uh, in, within the last week that um, that you know fingers crossed of course these can change if the COVID figures suddenly go up but there seem to be signs if things continue as they are now with the uh, the health numbers being very low that um, that the performance art um, different types of performance might be able to go ahead and things that require people to be in auditorium uh, I mean, the cinemas have opened, haven't they? So, so it seems to be, you know, uh, as we as we say, unless and there are closed. too many more outbreaks. Sorry. Uh, they, did they? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, UA, UA uh, shut yeah. down. That was terrible, terrible news um, for them. Uh, and um, I mean, Hong Kong being the kind of business-minded place it is, I'm absolutely certain that all of those uh, cinemas will be snapped up uh, if 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 there isn't a consortium already. Um, you know, getting together to uh, to to uh, to buy those up, but it's but it is very sad for the UA company itself that it had to let them go. Obviously, after many years of being a bit of a a, a household name for going out to the cinema in Hong Kong, so that is that is sad. Um, another another kind of uh, casualty, I suppose, of uh, of um, uh, you know the economic situation and uh, companies being selectively uh, helped or not. That's the way the way things have been here so let's go on with the positive side of what uh, is is happening that i've been uh, investigating there's a brand new performing art season called spotlight which is going to be launched with six different programs uh, going on all sorts of different performing arts from uh, april at taekwon and um, kicking off today is your chance the listener to book tickets um, they're, they're opening up their online booking from today um, and um, it's uh, Taekwon by the way I, I have to remind uh, has been extremely committed during the whole pandemic to support local artists um, I did uh, there was a there was a feature that I ran in your show Noreen about six months ago with the head of performing arts Eddie Z uh, at a time when uh, it during, during this arching around segment at a time when they had to cancel uh, a little mini arts festival that they had uh, planned and was about to go ahead and then the numbers went up again. I forget, it might have been the third wave, maybe. And um, they then took the initiative and had the funding or made it available to commission those performing arts groups that were based in Hong Kong and a couple around the region outside of Hong Kong to do something different. Not what they were going to plan to do on stage or in different venues uh, around Taekwon or around town because they were doing some outside of Taekwon as well. But all, but, but to do a new online performance um, for an online series, which I think I mentioned uh, some months ago, in Arching Around. So they're really... Um, yes. 
Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they, they were one of the first to do um, online uh, performance uh, pieces commissioned, especially during this difficult period in Hong Kong. In fact, so so good for them to bounce back now with a multi-genre um, mini festival of six different types of performance: music, dance, a cappella, theatre performances, um, and it's all going to kick off in the actuality, unless circumstances change. It's scheduled. To, um, to kick off from the 2nd of April until the 16th of May across their whole site because one of the things that they do as well and this isn't new for them is that they've taken they have a lovely theatre the JC Cube that it's called but they also like to have performances in some of the interesting courtyard areas because it's a, it's a myriad of uh, you know spaces there all interconnected on different levels going up and down steps and there are different areas that suddenly open up so it's a great place to have some outdoor performance as well especially before mm. it gets too hot exactly so a good point yeah there's a, yes. yeah yeah a quick, a quick spring season if it's not too humid so it begins with um, a dance production called unfolding images we are spectacles bit of a mouthful that title um which is an experimental dance inspired by um what the group of five performers uh, conceive as, uh, as being the relationships between uh, seeing what's around you and being seen by other people. So that's quite interesting. I, I mean, it's an interesting one from the word go for me, because if you're doing a dance performance, you're being seen, aren't you? But it's, um, but it's how, do you, um, how do you also, within your um, uh, narrative, I suppose, um, show that difference between the dancers seeing the world around them and how they feel about being seen. Very, mm. very arty one indeed, that. And um, there's, um, there's also a cappella, as I mentioned, and there are, in the music section, there's also a solo violin recital, and there's also another performance, which is a recital of two different string quartets. Um, and those will be in outdoor areas. That'll be lovely, I should imagine, too, with the, with the beautiful lighting that they have around Taekwon. So big fingers crossed that all of this can go ahead. You can find out more information on this at www.taikwon.hk and um, tickets are available, as I said, from today. You can see how to book those or to find out about the programme by going to that taikwon.hk site. Um, next, on to two film programmes which are worth noting. First, at the Arts Centre in Wan Chai, We've got a regional film festival starting this coming Sunday. It's called New Cinema Collective, Emerging Power of Asian Cinema. And this is not to be confused, please note, not to be confused with um, something that I mentioned um, uh, within the last week or so, um, which was the independent film and video uh, screenings and awards, which was in its uh, 25th year, uh, which, uh, has, um, which was on at the same time as an interesting art um, installations and things by the people who make the films at the Power Galleries. That is still on until the 14th, and it will be taken over. It will come down, and this new cinema collective, uh, Emerging Power in Asian Cinema, will be taking place uh, straight after the other one comes down. And it's, um, it's for people who are really into uh, seeing what kind of, um, not all experimental, but just interesting independent cinema around this region is going on. And you've got things like short films from uh, with, with Chinese themes. There are two uh, programs of four short films each, which are called Chinese New Visions. 
And so there are two of these, and they're featuring films not just from mainland China, but also from Taiwan, um, Malaysia, and Hong Kong. So it's a look at how um, Chinese uh, film production companies are putting together short films at the moment, very contemporary stuff. Um, so that is going on uh, as well as feature-length films. There are going to be feature-length films being shown from um, Thailand and also uh, Philippines and other parts of Asia as well. So there are lots of screening, screenings going on until the 25th of, uh, of March, starting from the 14th. And for this one, you can find out more by going to hkac.org.hk. So interesting, that was the first film festival. The second one, which has uh, just been announced recently, is the Hong Kong International Film Festival. And this uh, is in, it's coming up to its 45th year, and it's looking likely to go ahead with a lot of in-venue screenings um, from April the 1st until the 12th, again, depending on the COVID situation, of course. Uh, as we said in recent weeks, the Hong Kong Arts Festival, as a quick reminder, which is going on at the moment, has gone all online because uh, of restrictions that were in place, and um, that's the way it's doing things. But the Hong Kong International Film Festival is uh, hoping to be using six different venues in Kowloon and Hong Kong Island, you know, from City Hall to the Cultural Centre, and there are going to be some really great ones uh, that, are, that are coming up. There will be uh, two films instead of the usual one to be the opening film this time it's opening films and these both have a real hong kong focus and i don't know whether that's to kind of cheer us on in uh, the kind of difficult year or two that we've had here in hong kong but the first one is called where the wind blows by uh, director philip young and that stars tony long and aaron kwok among others um and uh, that's that's that looks to be an interesting feature but the second opening film to me sounds even more interesting it's called septet the story of hong kong which is going to be due to be on you know fingers crossed again at the cultural center and it's the brainchild of producer and director johnny toe who um, is a big name producer and director in hong kong who uh, among other films he's produced uh the Expect the Unexpected, which I remember seeing in 1998, starring Simon Yam and Lao Ching Wan. And that was a really, that, that, was, a, that was a great film in its day. Um, he's done so many others, but that's just one that sticks in my mind. And um, so Johnny Toe, he's, works, he's working or works to get this done with six other directors to make a, a total of seven short cinematic tales of Hong Kong in plenty of different eras. So the whole film is like nearly two hours long. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Noz? That does sound really good. Are you going to go see all of them, Andrew? The what you mean? At the, you mean at the film festival? Yeah. Or uh, um, I've done that in the past. In the past, I actually bought the um, the pass. Uh, you can get a pass to see the whole lot. Um, I don't know. Actually, I'll consider it. I uh, I want to have a look through some of the other films, but there are some great ones. It's not only Hong Kong films and Asian regional ones. As and ever, overseas as, as well. Yeah, sure. International Film Festival, it really does trawl some interesting types of films from, uh, from around the world. Another highlight of the, a highlight of the um, international ones is the most recent Roman Polanski uh, film, which was made in 2019. Yes, he's still making films. Hadn't really heard about it until I actually read what was on their roster, to be honest. Um, it's called An Officer and a Spy. So uh, find out more about that by going 
onto the Hong Kong International Film Festival website at hkiff.org.hk. There's no disrespect. Um, I mean, if anything, is respect. He's 87 years old. Yeah, wow. yeah. Been through a few controversies in his time as well, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but, but, but good that he's still making films. And at, uh, at nearly 90, that's incredible, isn't it? So um, the, uh, the different types of films are, are also there to offer people of different ages something to watch. There's, um, there's an animation se- a section, for example, um, which is um, not all kids' animation by any means, um, but, um, but if you like that genre... Documentaries are covered as well, um, and there are full-length feature films, which um, some of them are retrospective. You know, looking back, talking about nostalgia, as I was with one of the opening films there. That's called uh, the Story of Hong Kong Septet, the Story of Hong Kong. There will be a couple of spotlights, as they always do have, on uh, nostalgic films from certain directors. And uh, this year, uh, it's uh, two Hong Kong directors. Now, we might well have seen their films before but it would be nice to maybe see some of them on the big screen. Wong Kar Wai, Big Names, and uh, Stanley Kwan. Nice. So, yeah. So that's 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 three big things that are going on around town at the moment uh, of interest. I thought I'd I'd, uh, not talk about fine art that's hanging on the wall in Hong Kong this week, but uh, but for the last thing that I will mention for today from Artsing Around segment is a bit of international art news and this is about finance. It's about have you been to Amsterdam when you were in when you were in Europe for a while, Noreen? Yeah, I I did. I think I went um, not during my university years, but I, I went right before my wedding. Oh, okay, okay, right, okay. Did you go that to sounded, uh, that, that came out really wrong. That sounded like I was going there for like a Hindu or something. No, no. I, I mean, I went to visit a, 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 <laughs> one of my best friends who was living there at the time. <laughs> that right, really yeah, wrong. Yeah, sure, Norrie. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to catch up with a friend before you got married. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, well, did, did you did you manage to in between seeing your friend? Did you manage to uh, squeeze in some? Uh, uh, some art at the uh, Amsterdam's Rijksmuseum. Have you, or, or have you, or, or have you, that, uh, you might not have done, huh? No, I didn't do that. I, I, I did other things, like, you know, visit the red light district. Me, uh, we don't, we don't want to know. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, I, I, we we went there just to, to have a look, and it was fascinating. But perhaps that's a topic for for another oh. time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I right. didn't. Okay. Again, this sounds really wrong. Everything is coming out of my mouth. But my, my point is, no, I didn't go visit the art gallery. Okay, go on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll shut up well, now. Uh, but there's, there's something that's been announced this week, uh, over the last week, last few days, is that uh, the Rijksmuseum, which is the kind of um, it's the most historical um, of of collections in the whole of uh, Holland. It has uh, paintings going back to you know more than a few hundred years, uh, a few centuries from from Holland itself. It's going to permanently hang works by women artists in its gallery of honour, and this has got nothing to do. It's just a coincidence that it overlaps um, near to the time of International Women's Day. It wasn't uh, announced on that day, um, but it's. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, it's around the same time. It's interesting that they didn't have uh, works of uh, art by a, a few notable Dutch painters who, are, who happen to be female, who, um, who were around uh, at the same time as some of the other male greats, which, um, which, are, which are kind of known from, uh, uh, from Holland, like Rembrandt and so on. Mm. So the, uh, 
the uh, it's going to put on the works by uh, by by three women artists of the 17th century on permanent display in its central gallery. It's what you first see when you walk into the museum, which they call the Gallery of Honor. Big name for the artists that it uh, that it that it considers uh, the best known in in the country, and it's the first time then for uh, more than 220 years that uh, that uh, that. that Paintings by women have been shown in the central gallery. That makes it sound a bit backward, doesn't it? By saying that, it does I mean it. it's the yeah. I sent um, I sent Noreen. I'm explaining this to the listener uh, today for a change. I sent her uh, a picture of the three paintings by the artists that are going that are going in there. There's uh, two portraits and a still life. I'll just uh, I'll just quickly mention the names. They're not they're not artists that I've heard of, and maybe it's because the female painters. Uh, of the 17th century didn't, just haven't had enough prominence in art history. But it's Judith Lester, uh, Gesina Terbosch, and Rachel uh, Roosh. And they're going to be, they will be, they'll be sitting right up uh, in, you know, in the uh, Gallery of Honour next to uh, pieces by Vermeer and Rembrandt and all of the other very well-known uh, painters from Holland in the Rijksmuseum. So uh, Google it if you want to see what their works look like, or Google Rijksmuseum, and you'll see what they look like. And they're an incredibly accomplished set of three paintings. Don't you think so, Nori? And I've sent them. I think they're absolutely You'd beautiful. You labelled them even. Sorry, I uh, shouldn't get so excited. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I never, Noreen saying that, listener, because uh, that's the last thing I ever do is label a picture. I used to some some years ago, but, uh, but then I've, got, I've taken to a kind of, um, I'll explain it when I get to it, um, kind of tactic. And uh, apart from this one, because I wanted to distinguish between the three. My favourites of the three paintings, and as I said, there's two portraits and a still life. Can, I'm not a can massive I, can still I guess life. which one is your favourite? Yeah. Um, I think it's um, The Serenade. Okay, The Serenade is a picture of, uh, of, of a, I think it's a man playing a lute, which is like, you know, sort of a short guitar that looks a bit like a banjo with an extended uh, sound box. Um, I, I actually, I, I love that painting because it's a character wearing what I think is a kind of, a bit like an American raccoon hat, but, um, but without, without the black and white stripes. It's in, uh, it's in dark brown, but it's the expression on his face. Uh, he, he, this, the man who's playing this lute looks like he's uh, almost um, uh, entranced by the music that he's playing. Do you like that piece, Noreen? I, I and that's quite by like Judith it. Lester. I, I, quite, yeah. I really like that piece because, yeah, it, he really is, it, the, the, the portrait really captures his joy and just the happiness yeah. he is when he's serenading or playing, playing the music. Yeah. I like the other two that you sent me too. I, I really like mm. um, Still Life with Flowers in a Glass Vase. Um, from 1690. Yeah, uh, by Rachel Rowe. Yeah, by Rachel yeah. Rowe. That's beautiful. That, that's my favourite. That's ah, my favourite. I should and have it, thought that. The, Flower arrangements well, and all. Oh, but you know, but you know uh, normally still life would not be... I, my favourite kind of art is figurative art with the human figure. And um, so I, I, I wouldn't... It's just that I find the, um, the bright optimism and beautiful detail that's been done. It's like a botanical study. Mm. It's, it's, it's a lot of very fine detail. Given that it's a, an oil painting, um, that must have, that the artist Rachel Rouge has labored over this. So it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, the other figurative painting um, is somewhat surreal in a way. I mean, given that it's painted in Europe and there's a very European um, snail at the foot of a young man, um, 
It is a. Uh, it, is it that does a look young like man, it. or is it a young woman? Well, it's it, the, the title of the painting is in memory of Moses Terbosh, uh-huh. and so I think I think it's a male, but because but I know what you mean. When I looked at it, also those really beautiful um, sort of not curling but kinked, uh, luscious blonde locks on the head looked like it could be a female head of hair, and then the hair is very it's long. Wearing a dress. What, I think it's a coat that's covering possibly some uh, some pantaloons that gentlemen may have worn at that time. And, and the sleeves are very ruffled at the elbow, which does also look a little more female in fashion design than male. But uh, but I think what we're doing here, Noreen, is just uh, exposing ourselves to our lack of knowledge of... Uh, Oh, uh, of no. fashion design in no. the 17th century, aren't no. we? <laughs> Lack of knowledge on my behalf. You know a lot, Andrew. Okay, well, on this oh, no- well, not about fashion design, <laughs> I assure you. But, <laughs> yeah, but but what, what was a really interesting about this piece? Really, really We've quickly got before we go. We've got 30 seconds. We've got 30 seconds. Sure, sure, sure. There is a snake that looks like it's about to bite this boy or girl any second. I'll leave that there. Yes, I saw that snake. (laughs) Very weird. Well, Andrew, thank you so much once again for joining us this week, and I look forward to more chats with you next week. And Andrew Dambino joins us for this week's Art Sing Around. Thank you. Thanks, Noreen.